right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. And if you're watching the top of the chat right now, it is not the correct title for this episode. Just as we thought we had everything technically figured out. Foiled again. <laughs> I say that, you know, it's funny you say you mentioned that because you are awfully soft tonight. So I'm, uh... What, what are we... Are we t- is this is this turning into a personal conversation? What's going on here? <laughs> you're you're so soft and gentle. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I mean, I feel soft and gentle. I don't. Uh, so anyway, I will I will continue to introduce the episode while you adjust my volume. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. You you right, go I'm ahead gonna, and do that. We we usually do sound checks, but the audio has been so good of late. Yeah, I was like, yeah, we just took it for granted that everything was going to continue to work. Um, when, when you finally do upgrade your archaic machine, there is going to be so many horrible technical issues we're going to have to jump through. But for right now, uh, I will uh, suffice to just solve some volume issues generically during the course of the episode. Anyway, folks, you didn't come to, t- to hear about our technical problems. Maybe you did, if so. Maybe you did, yeah, which, which is fine, because then you can just tune into the first 10 minutes and get on with your day. <laughs> uh, perfectly fine with us. Uh, if you rate us well, uh, uh, you know, uh, after that 10 minutes. Anyway, um, we are going to talk, we're really going to reflect, I think, mostly on PAX East, which you and I both attended uh, this past weekend. And it, uh, it led us to think a little more generally about, you know, conventions in general and kind of getting older and what kind of those those things uh, kind of coexisting look like. Um, we, we've done, you know, some, some talk and, and an episode kind of devoted specifically to conventions. This is not that episode. It's more kind of speaking about, uh, specifically something like PAX East, where you have many different kind of conventions coming together. And, uh, yeah, now that we've been going for a few years, kind of looking back and, uh, maybe offering a little bit of a critique suggestion box and also saying what we really liked about this year. But any of you that, uh, have seen the program before know that we don't just talk about things aimlessly. Well, well that's a lie. We, yeah, we do that a lot, actually. We do that. Yeah, we, do. we talk about things pretty aimlessly, but we also uh, do, the por- do the program in three portions, three parts, if you will. Uh, first is the news and notes, the T&B, as we call them, tids and bits. We will cover that, uh, you know, for roughly 15, 20 minutes, depending on, or 25 or 30 or whatever, whatever hits us. Whatever, whatever you want. Um, yeah, these are not going to be equal parts, even though they're supposed to be. Secondly, we will handle the topic du jour, which I just told you about previously. And then the third part of the program is the question and answer portion of the program. You, in, and uh, if you would so like, we can answer your questions here live on the show. All you have to do is ask. How do you ask, you say? How do you ask? Thank you for asking. <laughs> uh, actually, you, if you're in the chat, which I am, and authenticated, Boom. Um, all you have to do Congratulations. is... Yeah, thanks. It, it just took me like three shows to figure out how to authenticate to Techie's wonderful uh, IRC channel. Anyway, uh, IRC server, I should say. So if you have a question to ask us, all you have to do is private message me in the chat, or if you like, <laughs> you're not in the chat, or you don't really care for IRC, which that's fine with me. We aren't about using all the technology from 1998, just some of it. Um, all you have to do is tweet at me at it's the Commodore, which happens to be my Twitter handle, and I will take the best questions from throughout the program. Or even the worst. We, or even the worst. That's what fine, too. Not above talking about 
housing prices and uh, meatballs and gravy. Whatever it comes down to, you can ask us questions about uh, any of the three portions of the program, or you can ask us questions that are just about anything that your little heart would desire to know more about or regarding. Does that sound like a good deal? That sounds good to me, okay. Mr. Commodore. How's my volume now that I've been talking for the last three minutes? I'm going to assume it's good looking at the levels, and uh, okay. chat can yell at us if it's terrible. That sounds good, too. Yes. I blame Skype updating, frankly. Couldn't, yep. couldn't be my fault, anyway. <laughs> so. Um, and so, yeah. So, so those are the things we want to talk about. And I think um, <laughs> I know you have a few topics du jour that you'd like to share. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off with that portion of the program <clears throat> while I attempt to uh, change the topic. You mean, the top chat to you mean right. tids and bits correct? Yeah, I do mean that. Oh, good. Did I, did I you said topic du jour. I was like, I got multiple topics du jour. Uh, first off, if you're joining us live, you noticed, or watching a video, I should say, you may have noticed that we had some neat little fan art there. Uh, that actually was sent to us during the marathon from Neil Purcell of uh, me, Commodore, and of course, Cooper Cat, all taking part in Echo Screen of Live. I just wanted to mention the uh, lovely author, author, artist on that. It's pretty awesome. Thank you, Neil. Uh, secondly, some news and notes. So um, something near, to, <laughs> near and dear to our hearts, harmonics rose from its grave and is well not not grave but <laughs> apparently they're not dead is what you mean <laughs> well i mean they've like, been, they, they never really died it's just that they, they we found out they weren't dead that's pretty cool the last thing i remember them making was dance central it doesn't mean it's not that doesn't mean it's the last thing they made it's just the last thing i remember but anyway they come out and basically out of nowhere say hey guys we're gonna make rock band four deal Take with that. it yeah yeah it's coming out and this year yeah it's like so they're, it's coming out this year we're gonna be at pax east see ya yeah. oh okay <laughs> now, they didn't actually show Rock they, Band 4 at PAX East. They did not, so, which is interesting. So it's interesting how quickly they're going to turn this around, but the more information that comes out, um, I'm, I'm, it kind of makes sense. Like, for example, it's the they're going to be able to use old instruments, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. They will be having new instruments, but actually they're they're not just adding more instruments, more instrument types, I should say. They're actually taking some out. I don't do not believe the keytar... Sadly, will be a part instruments. Yeah, so so they're taking a step back, looking at what happened to the whole rhythm gaming market, if you will, and yep. uh, you know taking a step back from the precipice, which which really they didn't even cause. I would say it was more um, the Guitar Hero franchise that might have caused that. But anyway, they're they're stepping back and and making sure they don't f up again. <laughs> Um, and just in case any of you were thinking, because we're talking about rock band, like Psychopath or assumed that we are bringing it back for next year's nope. marathon, keep dreaming. That <laughs> will never happen. Uh, actually, I can play rock band by myself now in very, very limited, you know, chunks. <coughs> I actually have major social anxiety about playing it in front of anybody else or really mostly in, in, in any way, shape, or form because of the disasters that were the marathons, the first two marathons. Think, what about you? I think they call that PTSD. I think, yeah. And also that you're – I think they call that trigger, trigger warning yeah, trigger. nowadays. So. It's a trigger. Yep, that's a trigger. That's me. what the kids are calling it. Yep. <laughs> no, no keytar. This is horseshit. <laughs> horseshit. <laughs> According to Psychopath there, which, um, frankly, I was a little upset that there was no keytar either. You know, eh, you can't you can't play. I mean, how often do hey, the hey, you can't play the power of love without a solid keytar. Anyway, that's true. But um, the the general feedback from the gaming populace seems positive. 
So that's good. Uh, it looks like yeah. people are some years have passed, and maybe some of those dusty old uh, instruments are are uh, ready to rock again. I know a lot of people bought a lot of downloadable content from those games, which they're going to bring forward to this too. So mm-hmm. Harmonix is always really good with the customer service. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Potentially. Yeah, I, I think it's good to have the uh, basic four instrument arrangement um, and to focus on that and to focus on making some new instruments that might, you know, just kind of get a little deeper with it. Uh, what's good is I think they're not focusing on the how to teach you to play real instruments conversation and really trying to keep the arcadey um, party game feel alive. And I think there's still a big market for that. I really do. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think they'll be fine. I hope so, because um, I, I, I like those guys at Harmonix. They're good folks. No um, matter what their friends say. All right, I think the next tidbit, tid or, and or bit is yours. Yeah, Since so... Since you're an uh, avid follower of Apple. Oh, I am. I absolutely am. I follow their every move. I actually uh, purchased a, my, what would this be? One, two, three. This would be my fourth Android smartphone. It is sitting in a box downstairs and has been for two days what'd you get so uh i got a galaxy note 4 uh very uh, sweet i would love to take it out and i would love to be playing with it but instead i am here talking to you people uh so we better uh so we're gonna have uh, a 10 minute show tonight see you later guys yeah. and it's over <laughs> um no because i'm going to be going to sleep directly after not i am not passing go i'm not collecting 200 dollars. i'm going directly to sleep anyway nice uh, um, sellers of Catan reference there yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Settlers, Settlers has uh, has has go and jail. Um, <laughs> Should for the robber. We're going to talk about that in a little while. Anyway, so the uh, <laughs> th- the other thing I was going to talk about is Apple released greater detail about the elusive iWatch, which uh, I know all of you were were absolutely waiting for. Um, mm. Here's here's the long and the short of it. I you know it's the Apple iWatch is not really it, it kind of is fulfills the actual definition of a smartwatch. It's less kind of an accessory to your iPhone and more kind of a miniature iPhone on your wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of a different concept than what we've seen from other folks. Than a lot of the wearable wearables market with watches. Right. <clears throat> This is kind of more of that smartwatch capability. You don't need to be tethered to an iPhone for it to really do much except for tell time. Um, so that's pretty cool, I guess, if that's what you're looking for. Lots of apps, lots of capability, obviously, because of all the uh, tremendous um, you know, support of the Apple community. Here's the interesting thing for me. We've got three different iWatch models coming out. There's going to be one that's like 350 bucks. That's the base model. There's one that's like 500 bucks, and then there's one that's made out of solid gold, which costs ten thousand dollars. Why do I have uh, the feeling several of those are actually going to sell? Yeah, we, we, I was about to say which one. Which one do you think I, could, I should write you down for? Just so we know. I'll take five of each. Hmm. I figured you'd say that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, that is classic, gaudy Apple fashion. Fashion. And uh, I, I just I think that's uh, just such a terrible, horrible thing. But I'm not saying that one day people can't make Rolex style smartwatches. I'm sure that's coming. I just think it's kind of a bit premature to be doing that. Um, that's just my opinion. Well, anyway, it's wrong. Yeah, there you go. Good. Sorry. It's going to win. No, I'm, sorry, I'm done. They're, they're, they're going to sell a crap load. You know, it does. It doesn't matter. Mm-mm. I mean. 
for all the consternation over Apple ever since Steve Jobs is gone, uh, they've still been raking in the money. I mean, they've still been raking in the money since they released the iPhone six. The iPhone six was a tremendous. I mean, they've regained the number one spot as the number one cell phone manufacturer in the world. Meh. Uh, Although interesting, interesting point to add here. Have you you've seen the new uh, Galaxy S six? Yes. And how it is very iPhone like in its appearance now. Really iPhone like. I, I would have thought that Samsung would have learned its lesson from the hundreds of hours and lawsuits that they've had to defend from Apple, saying you copied our stuff. Maybe they're pretty much done with that. Like, I don't. I maybe don't, maybe I guess. both. There's a, there's a tacit truce. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they paid him a bunch of money just to say back off and we're going to copy your stuff and get over it. I don't know. But uh, the S6 to me is uh, obviously the most premium device I think Samsung's ever made. Looking at it from the outside, I haven't held one in my hand yet, but be interesting. I'm still not so sure that I'm in the market for something like an S6. I believe I saw a news item that uh, they have record orders from cell phone carriers for the S6. So, wow. Meh. Interesting. Could be interesting. Anyway. Yeah, maybe people are, are coming back to Samsung. Who knows? But uh, they're certainly not coming back in the places where Samsung had made leaps and bounds in the market and why they became number one in the marketplace, which is China. I don't think they're going to sell many S6s in China. Yeah. Anyway, um, um, so, you have one more, right? Let's yes. do one more and then we can so, move on. So the like, like we were saying before, the two of us were at PAX East this past weekend, and we got to uh, partake in the Oculus... Uh, VR booth extravaganza, basically. <clears throat> very, very ridiculously long lines, even before the show opened. Um, with, like, uh, media members and, and fellow exhibitors, thank you, that just getting in line to see what was up. Basically, like, a seven-and-a-half-minute tech demo of just showing, like, what the latest... Oculus uh, Rift can do, uh, you know, things like that. It was like a, it was a visage, a visage of scenes, basically. We both did it, uh, and it would change every minute or so. You know, you would have like, for example, one scene where you're on the corner of a building, high up in the sky, in some sort that of futuristic was world. So scary. It was a little creepy. I was just like, oh, this I is pretty. Could, the guy's like, I, don't look down. Ah! Oh yeah. God. Okay. So. I am. I am. Uh... I have become afraid of heights in my old age. I wasn't when I was young. And I literally couldn't move. I, I was frozen. And I, I was talking to the, the attendant. I said, I know I'm just in a room. I know I'm standing on solid ground and I'm and there's <laughs> nothing else around me. But I literally can't move right now. And she was just laughing. But um, I talked the entire time. Like I, she... She was laughing at me because she's like, "You're you're you're very vocal, and you're saying exactly everything that I said when I went through this thing." Because I was just like, "Oh, that's crazy!" or "No, that's unbelievable." Whereas most people would probably be like, "Oh my god, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm about to fall off this building." I was I was mildly quiet as I am. Yeah. I'm an, I I did my introvert thing, but uh, there were also scenes um, like uh, you're in a museum. Uh, yeah. a, a Jurassic Park inspired museum, I would say, and a T Rex yes. comes around the corner, walks up to you, snarls in your face, and then walks over you. And you can like, you can look, and, and it was it was very impressive. I mean, regardless, the, the point is, is that it was all very impressive. And you and I have been Oculus and, and really VR Skeptic. uh, skeptics, yes, uh, ever ever since Oculus really became uh, became a thing, and and you have all these followers now. Yep. With uh, Sony and their PlayStation, I can't even remember the name. 
Uh, yeah, and, yeah, I know. And, yeah, and Samsung's got one now. Uh, Valve, Valve has one. Yes. Regardless, um, I was very impressed with the technology. I, I was very impressed. I could see it being uh, just just seeing the oops, just seeing the technical aspects was extraordinarily impressive, and I'd love to see more. The the real questions questions are still remain to be seen. I think can it work in a game? Yep. When you're like controlling something. You know, yep. because, yeah, you can walk around a little bit. You have to have games that are made specifically to work with this. You can't just, for example, yep. you had um, the thing. The, the first thing I saw with an Oculus Rift uh, was uh, Minecraft. Probably most people have seen that who have ever seen it. I, wa- I wasn't terribly impressed. It just plops you in Minecraft. It's like, oh, OK. Yeah. You know, it's I might as well just play it on the on the TV or a computer, frankly, or TV or smartphone or whatever. But. The thing is, is that uh, if you have games that are made specifically to work well with the VR, kind of like how you can't just plop any old game into uh, a Kinect and make it work. You need to have games. The games that are made specifically to work well with Kinect work the best. And unfortunately, there aren't a lot of those. That's right. But secondly, will it become a commercial success? Will people really buy a multiple hundreds of dollars game system that they can only play themselves, uh, only interact with themselves and, and may or may, you know, hit or miss with the games that comes out. Yeah. Really remains to be seen despite all the excitement in the gaming press for it. Although I do understand a little bit more why so many in the press are so excited because they get to go into these internal, you know, demos and stuff so often. and, And it's easy to be wowed by this stuff when you see it. Well, you know, the the reason there were two real reasons why I was blown away by this demo. One was that the Mm -hmm. the capability of the graphics are such that you having the headset on and being immersed is really quite immersive. It works. (laughs) It's it's there's no frame rate issues or it's very impressive. Even with my glasses on, I was was I I have my glasses on as well. Absolutely. Worked really well. Um, Worked, worked incredibly well. There was no kind of skipping. The graphics really worked seamlessly. The other thing that, that was really, I think, the best part was the, was the tracking. You know, the fact that I could look everywhere around me. And move. And it knew where you were your walking. Your whole body. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was very good. So, you know, th- there's a lot of things that need to be seen. You you mentioned many of them. My my issue is really this. How once I, and, and uh, we actually caught up with Psychopather, who actually played a couple, who played with the actual headset. Uh, and a controller, which I think is a completely different experience because that would just make everyone motion sick. Imagine moving all the time. I believe it made him motion sick. Actually, he was saying it's it's a, it's, imagine sorry, that you're <laughs> yeah. Imagine that you're moving through the world with like there's no there's no way to break immersion. If if, if I'm mm-hmm. looking at a screen and moving, I just look over here and I realize I'm not actually moving. I'm sitting on the couch, but my character is moving. Mm-hmm. If you put that in front of my face, now I'm moving. So my you know you're moving, entire, but you're not walking. But you're not walking, and you're mo- you're just pushing a button straight, and that to me blows the whole thing wide open. Right. As soon as there's someone's going to figure out a way to take to bridge the gap between actually walking around in a hamster wheel, which I think is stupid, <laughs> and then um, you know, because who wants to be like running around in like years of war and like ducking behind things in in a, in a hamster wheel while people watch? That would be really silly. But also, uh, you know, sending the gap between that and and just sitting there with a headset and a controller, which I think is not going to attract anybody. You're mm-hmm. talking, you know, the the second coming of uh, uh, what was that? Uh, the Nintendo um, thing. You, oh, you know, the, the thing. Uh, Virtual Boy. 
Virtual Boy. Right. That, you know, it's like, oh, I'm standing here and I'm somehow more immersed this way. It, that won't work. You have to be able to find something that bridges that gap. And, and I think they'll, I think some, someone's going to invent it. And it's going to be one of those things where you go, oh, yeah, that's so easy. Like, yeah, I put my, I put my foot forward and that's how I move forward. Or like, I put my foot back, like physical movement moves you, but it's not running. You know what I mean? Right. You don't walk into the wall, basically. Mm -hmm. Kind of like how the holodeck will work. Exactly. Uh, a couple exactly. of comments in the uh, in the chat. I'm just going to scroll back up for a second. Uh, Razalon says, uh, and, and until someone figures that out, really, it the choice of games that are presented on Oculus or any of these VR headsets are going to be important to being any sort of measure of success. And uh, Razalon says, you know, Five Nights at Freddy's would be, be really great. That would be one of the best games I can think of that's currently already out for other platforms. Right. How... No, that would be ridiculously scary. I would poop my pants. Um, yep. And um, uh, Techie asks, does the current Oculus Rift fix the screen door low resolution problem? Um, to me, it was very, it was high resolution. I, I think in this latest version, they've... They have definitely upped the game. I, I tell you, yeah. I, I, was, I was blown away by how good the graphics were. Um, yeah. I was you know, so impressed by that. Uh, uh, Dinosaur. Bit. On this program, I have said previously, before long before <laughs> PAX East, that if you ever, if you could ever just put somebody in a room with a dinosaur, number one, it would be ultra terrifying. Then number two, I would know that video games had reached their pinnacle. Well, lo and behold, there were two demos with dinosaurs. That's true. Uh, the first, the first of which was so scary. I will just admit to you, at some points, I actually closed my eyes <laughs> um, because it was really, really scary. Um, so you know, th the graphics were so good that it, it, you couldn't tell where the break was. There was no. I turned my head really quickly, and all of a sudden, I can't see something. Uh, no matter if there was one object that I was looking at, or the the whole room was filled with objects. I didn't see a seam in any of it. It was that good. And I don't know what they had behind the, you know, what they had behind the, the walls there or what kind of systems they were connected to. But it was very, very impressive. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to put that on the list of the coolest things I have ever done. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm going to leave that without comment. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, uh, so, so that's. I think that's probably. We are good. That's yeah, probably pretty. Good. We are ready to move on to the du jour, the analysis I think, paralysis. I think we're ready to move on to the analysis paralysis, uh, which is feedback on our real live podcast because we are a real live podcast now. Just recommending, you know, you guys check us out. And that is true. To <clears throat> you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on uh, the podcasting Android podcasting app of your choice. Right. So there. And I hope you do. So uh, let's get to the topic du jour. You know, as we said, we, we went to PAX East this past week, this past weekend, excuse me, in Boston, Massachusetts. And Boston. How was, was this the fifth, sixth year we've gone? <sighs> I sixth think this year? is the sixth year. Yeah. It's been six years that we've gone to PAX East in Boston. Uh, the first of which was the, the, obviously the first year they ever did it. So we've been there for every year. They've had the convention in Boston. And, uh, you know, we always do a little debrief after we <laughs> after we get out of these things. And I always thought it would be a neat idea, and we, we kind of decided to do it for this year. We just do a little debrief live 
on the air rather than kind of talking through the uh, convention, uh, you know, drinking wine at a restaurant or something like that. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, wh- why don't we kick it off? I and mean, what, do, what do you think about uh, about Pax East this year? And 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 you know, what were your impressions? And how do you feel? And what are you thinking about uh, conventions in general moving forward? Well, okay, well, just all that answer all that together at yeah. once. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, someone uh, earlier on in the conversation or in the chat, I should say, was saying uh, that. First off, that the that the uh, lack of retro gaming or retro, you know, PAX East is mostly about modern games, but it casts a wide net. There's a lot of tabletop and card games and even retro gaming normally. Uh, but looking at the uh, panel list and things like that, that the retro gaming retro gaming seemed less uh, represented this year than most. And I will say that yeah. that kind of is the case for, from what yeah. I've seen. Uh, very sad to see. My biggest disappointment was that ACAM, the American Classic Arcade Museum folks from up in Fun Spot, um, uh, did not come and provide the uh, free play arcade this year. That uh, was really surprising. You know, uh, it, w- it was actually provided instead by uh, 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 Screw Attack. And you know, no, nothing, nothing against them necessarily, but there's a lot more modern more recent video games uh you know tables in there some main cabinets and stuff like that and you know i was really missing those re- old genuine article arcade cabinets there were a lot more the presentation was always fun there i was missing those guys really missing them yes um but beyond that i mean we saw some panels which were always fun uh the show floor was ridiculous as always um but uh yeah, I mean, overall, I always have fun at PAX East. Uh, I, I think both of us, as we... I don't know if we're getting older or if we've just attended so many, it's becoming a little bit less of an event nowadays. Mm. And, I mean, this is part of a show that we did last year that actually got lost, unfortunately. Yes. But I think it was one of our better shows where we kind of discussed, you know, what makes a good convention and what makes a bad one and where does PAX East lie in that? Um, right. What did you think of this year? Uh, this year, I was actually pretty disappointed too. You know, I think um, there's a couple things contributing to it. One is you're absolutely right. I mean, the the thing that that gets me more than anything else going to these things, I think, is uh, the retro game aspect of it. You know, the history of gaming and and a lot of the people you can see and the the things you can get to know uh, the people are working on around the gaming universe. Um, there is less and less of that these days. Um, there's also a lot less what I would consider kind of the intellectual gaming panels that we used to see, even if they're, you know, there's the uh, panels kind of fall under several different kinds of categories. Right. And, and uh, you and I always prefer the panels. The panels was why we wanted to go. Oh right? yeah. In, in previous years, we've gone to like the main thing we do is panels. Absolutely. And the funny thing is, is that we've, really never gone to any panels in the main theater, which is really reserved for, uh, like, the Penny Arcade Q&A and, you know, Rooster Teeth and stuff like that. Right. Some of the really, really big attraction pieces, which are never the reason. I mean, you and I, I mean, I personally can't stand Penny Arcade, so I I never have, like... like I like them fine. I mean, but, you know, Gabe and Tycho, like, like I could, I could care less. Like, okay, hey, two guys, whatever, right? <laughs> um, you know, we, we, saw, we saw, you know, autographs and everything. I'm just like, yeah, this is ridiculous. So, um, you know, I, I, for me personally, 
the reason why we go is because we want to see a lot of those those kinds of panels and we've seen historical panels you know that that cover either you know games of yore or covers um you know the the making of certain games we've seen panels on games that have yet to be released that are more marketing driven but are really kind of around building hype and giving a sneak preview toward games yeah more commercials than anything almost yeah which again totally okay uh, a panel that are that's kind of put on by journalists asking a question, kind of like we do with the podcast. In some ways, it's kind of a live version of this show, um, which is why I don't understand why we could never get a Pax East panel. But anyway, we should totally because we've never year. tried. We tried. We know we we tried legitimately for one year, and then we didn't get anything. That was like the we first really year. Yeah, I know we were really discouraged. But anyway, we we should totally try again. Um, and if any of you have any ideas, please let us know. Um, they fall under. Um, what I would consider more of the heady stuff, like like the Geek Nights things, you know, where where it's Geek Nights is it's always more about, excellent with panels. You know, getting really getting in really really deep, um, and then uh, there's kind of the gaming life uh, panels, which is about you know how things are kind of around video gaming. You know, there's things on cosplay, and there's things on you know how to get tickets to packs, right? I mean, talk about the, the most meta. <laughs> panel in the world um as things shifted away from the first things i mentioned and shifted toward the last few things that i mentioned you and i have completely lost interest in most of the panels well yes and so so at least for us i mean there are there are things that make a good panel things that make a bad panel let's we 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 um we each together visited two panels i mean we went to some others by ourselves but the two that we went to one i would highly recommend and thought was very good the other was atrocious, and we left after 20 minutes, if that. Oh, my God. That was so bad. So so let's discuss things. First off, let's be positive. What makes a good panel? What should you look for for your – if you're going to a con, your time is valuable. You could be play, playing a game or looking at cosplay or talking with friends, whatever, or you could be going to a panel. Yeah. How do you know that your time is being well spent at a panel? Well, okay. What makes a good one? Um we went to one this this year that was uh, 100 Games You Must Play Before You Die, I think was the name of it. And yes. no, normally, I'm a little wary or of... No, th- th- that you must know how to play. Know how to play. Not that, that you yes, must play. Important right, right. note. Um, normally, I'm a little wary of top whatever panels or, you know, basically... Yeah. Like, we went to one last top year that was yeah, kind yeah. of a, a waste that was... You know, normally, it had, had otherwise people I think would be interesting to talk or listen about, hear them talk about things, but it was basically like, Hey, remember this RPG? Woo. Here's why I liked it. Yeah. This is great. And they're talking about things like I already know. And, and and if I'm going to a panel about RPGs, I must already like RPGs. And yet if that's the case, yes, I've already heard of final fantasy seven. I'm wasting my time. We're having a cheer off. Yeah. Um, Yeah. My, my favorite game is final fantasy seven. Yay. Oh, my favorite (laughs) game is Chrono Trigger. Yay. And it's just like, ah, but this one was being presented by, and I can't recall his name, unfortunately, but he's a game designer and he worked on, uh, the (coughs) among many other things. And he made a list of a hundred games across all disciplines, video games, card games, uh, you know, board games, etc. That that he's he was arguing these these games are things that you should play in order to understand how to play games like it better. 
Correct. You know, and that, not that I, and you know what? He made very good points. It, it, the, the concept is interesting. So number one, if you have a very interesting concept for a panel, there's a good chance it'll be interesting if it's executed That's correctly. That's right. Um, you know, in this case, he, he made certain ground rules clear from the beginning. He's not saying these are the 100 best. He's not saying these are the 100 most important games even. He's just saying that these... Or the most fun, or yeah, you know, the shiniest, or whatever the case might be. It's it's you know because there's definitely some some stuff on there that's kind of weird. Yeah, and there there was some stuff on there that uh, I have the list right here. He actually passed out lists afterward, which is another great sign of a panel. You know, he's like he said from the beginning, like don't don't take notes. I'm gonna pass out everyone a, a, this a list. Yeah, you know, by the time and you go he, and and he polled 250 mm. of his friends, either in the industry of of making games. Or that are you know related to that practice. Yes. So there's he said it was the craziest thing he's ever done because he came up with the, the panel idea a year ago. So over a year he polled 250 people and then crunched all the data and then eliminated it down to 100, which is crazy. And considering he talked about 100 games in about 60 minutes, I, and he he generally talked about each one and why he thought it was on the list. Some of them he's like, okay, Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, I really don't need to say anything about this, and yeah. he would move on. But And it was like, it might not be your favorite game in the series, yeah. it's my favorite game in the series, but if you know how to play this, you're good to go, we're moving on. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, got it. But there are, yeah. uh, there are others on here, and a lot of them I really want to try now. But uh, like, for example, there was ones that we didn't necessarily agree with, but I, I understand his explanation you know he's like yes. he, like depression quest he said that was important to understand wider things about gamergate and blah 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 and i was like okay i don't really I think just, that belongs on this list I but i understand disagree with that i understand that. what he's what he's trying to say there or, or you know I, his I, methodology. I guess i understand but he broke his own rules right I mean, yeah it's not regardless if if you walk into a room and you say hey uh i don't know uh why don't we all play depression quest and somebody in the corner goes, I've never played Depression Quest. Everybody in the room is not going to go, holy shit, you have to play Depression Quest. We got to do it right now. No True. going to do that. True. He violated his own rules to include that for stupid political reasons. But anyway. I, I see why he did it, though. Uh, regardless. The, I don't. I don't. Hey, I, I still don't understand. We had this conversation. No. We're moving on. I don't understand. But my, my point is. My point is, is that uh, generally speaking, he backed up his points with good, thoughtful analysis. Yeah, I agree. And I that's agree. something else you want to look for in a panel, unless it's something like just a Q and A panel. If it's like someone you like on the internet, and, and you just want to have Q and A, although frankly, those often aren't that all that great either. I, I try to av- avoid pure Q and A panels because usually the questions just aren't very good from the audience. Yeah. yeah, but but if there's so let's review what you've done so far because you, what you've done is good, right? So we've yeah. got a, a historically significant or otherwise authoritative source on a subject. Sure, yeah, some you don't want to go to a, a panel that's you know necessarily hosted by you know Quigley Pew P, P, Quigley P Duke, uh, who's a bum on the street and he wants to talk about the very important aspects of Skyrim. And how it restains, you know, re- right. relates to uh, metrosexuality. Right. That's right. <laughs> I have no but, idea what that was. But you can also, you stumbled all through it, so it's not like you made it up on the spot or anything. Um, <laughs> so, so then, you know, but you also, I think it's also very defensible to include somebody in a panel who is historically significant. Hey, I designed X. I'm going to give you my thoughts as the designer of X. Sure. Right? That person is historically significant. It's kind of like the honorary degree in video games. Maybe you're not a scholar, but you get to sit in the panel because you, damn it, you made something cool, right? Yeah. So historically significant or authoritative source. Okay. Secondly, 
And the other thing that you said was you have thought-provoking and, and in some way deep analysis. Right. Uh, so those, exactly. are the, those are the two elements you've hit so far, but I agree 100%. And, and also, if you want to count it as something separate, basically a topic that is something different, something you can't just pick up off the internet necessarily. Unique. Uh, and generally avoiding Q&A panels. There you I go. Like it. I like it. That's good. So there. And avoid list panel. I, again, we're just talking about a great list panel, but be wary of list panels. I'll put it that Agreed. way. Agreed. Um, the other thing is some people just want to go and hear about the stuff that they like. And I think if you, if you, if you, you know, invalidate everything we just said, you take all those things, you turn it on its ear, you end up with a lot of panels that Pax East has now, which are very attractive to people who just want to get together and listen to people talk about the stuff that they like. I want to hear somebody sit at the front and talk about that they love Final Fantasy and the next person loves Chrono Trigger and the next person loves Final Fantasy VI and then they start having a conversation about why Final Fantasy is the greatest thing ever. And I just, that to me is so boring. You could pull up a video, a YouTube video any day of the week and listen to any of that for hours. Right. Why go to a panel to hear about it? Right, exactly. And uh, it's... Ugh, anyway, and, and not this isn't to pick on PAX East. This is a lot of conventions that maybe don't have the best panel selection criteria, you know, or or they just know that people will have a popular. They'll draw have have a drawing, and yes. who cares past that? You know, they'll bring people to the convention. I, and I think actually it was from maybe from 2010 or 2011. Um, a panel specifically we went to which had an authoritative it was hosted by um, or one of the people was Will Power from um, who used to be from Video Game Magazine went to Wired or one of those and anyway so at the time he still had a job before everything went to the internet for video game journalism <laughs> so again authoritative source you know idea which was basically hey we're going to talk about the best games of all time Hmm. And we went to that panel and it was, you know, we, we both left feeling kind of like completely shortchanged. The only thing we felt good about was the fact that obviously the top 10 that they called out were top 10 games. We knew what the top 10 were and we could have talked about the top 10 before we even got in there, which is only slightly uh, will only slightly console you when you've wasted a complete hour listening to fanboys clap for their favorite game for an hour. Um, <laughs> so so again, even with the authoritative source. With crappy content and bad analysis, panels can go awry. Yes, and and I I, I see people in the chat mentioning like talking about, ooh, I wonder what games are on this list. Just because since I brought it up, and I don't want to leave you hanging, uh, I will after this podcast tweet out or after the stream, I should say, tweet out um, a picture of the list so you can see what you have played on it, uh, and I'll tweet that out at uh, rue underscore cotgw, which is my Twitter handle. So. Yes, you, you can then all argue so over it. Yeah, you can you can argue it over ad nauseum. But that was a great panel because it had every all the great elements you're talking about. Yep. Unlike another panel. Yes. So you you get to talk about this other panel because I think oh, I think you have yeah. more to say about how to not do a panel. Yeah. So we we for those of you that remember the the uh, well now what six year history of the Clan of the Gray Wolf might remember uh, our very first podcast was actually about gaming as an adult. Uh, that was when we would just sit and talk for three hours or something like that. And I'd try to trim the show down, but it never really worked very well. It's shocking. Yeah, shocking. Anyway, um, we talked about gaming as an adult. And this has always been a topic that has uh, interested us as you get older. 
Um, how does your how do you hold on to the hobby of video gaming or board gaming or what have you? Okay, well, if you go and look at the PAX East program, you will see a a panel that was pitched in almost exactly the same fashion. Hey, come and learn how to retain your hobby while you get older, and blah blah blah. Think about you know moving forward in your job, but also you know advancing yourself and everything. So, so you and I both looked at this one in circle and said, okay, we, we, we're going to do this. Now, it was, it was late in the day on the last day of PAX, to be fair. True. So not a ton of people were there. But anyway, all right, let's go through the list. Authoritative <laughs> or historically significant panelists. Not even close. You basically had an IT professional, his wife, and their girlfriend. I'm not making that up. Which Second, I, I think I'm... For the record, I missed that completely during the actual panel. I had no idea that that was the situation. Anyway, go ahead. Whether it was or whether – I'm not knocking that. What I'm saying sure. is there's no authority in having an IT professional along with people that are his significant other that are not otherwise employed in any kind of industry that is, relates to video games. I have no idea how these people got this panel. So, all right. So that's number one. Number two, um, the, the idea of having a, a novel – Concept. Eh, I think it's a pretty novel concept. Good, good. But they fall short when we get to the other piece that I talked about, that which was analysis, right? So engaging deep analysis. Mm -hmm. These three folks proceeded to put people to sleep for the next for the first ten minutes of the panel by asking inane rhetorical questions. That had nothing to do with the topic at hand. It, I was amazed at how little it had to do with the topic. The, it was what the panel was billed at. Completely as. off course. It was basically, hey, does anybody in the room know how to make a budget? And people would raise their hands. <laughs> and it would be that much time. Okay, completely ignoring the people that had just raised their hands. Okay, well, it looks like many of you have an idea about how to build a budget. Here's how to build a budget. And there were pregnant and then, pauses and, and like that. And it goes through. Yeah, I'm just like, and, and it was like, they kept, get, so here's how you build a budget. And I'm like, I don't need you to tell me how to build a budget, dog. Like, just, just you know, tell me how, as I go through life where I'm considering building a budget, how I can hold on to playing video games. No, didn't, never got there. The, you and I, I looked over at you, and the first thing I said was, this was 10 minutes in, I said, how in the world did we not get this panel? And you look back at me and you said, I don't know. Want to leave? <laughs> right as... Well, because I could, I could feel a precious PAX time ticking away. Oh, yeah. We're just sitting there listening to these morons prattle on about something that they honestly probably know nothing about. So, uh, <clears throat> so, so, anyway. so, so we, we ticked off good things from the last panel. What, what are the bad things? Or, well, or I, you're just I, saying I just it's the it, opposite, right? right? Yeah, I, I mean, I just did it. I just went through it. There's no authoritative source. You know, the, n no one no one of note is is talking about any of this. This could have been just anybody, right? Um, deep analysis. Their analysis was essentially to read a couple of books about personal finance and boil them down to a few sentences and take 10 minutes to talk about that. Thirdly, having a novel concept. I, I think it's a pretty novel concept. They just completely ignored their own novel concept. So you can come up with a novel concept, but you better follow through with that concept that you have, right? It, Avoiding yeah. list panels, they did that. Uh, what was the other things that we talked about? 
Uh, it needs to be an interesting uh, topic, yeah, which so it, it which it would have is, been if they talked about that. My point is, it is interesting. They just never talked about it, so, yeah. so that was it. But, but so so those were all the bad things. I mean, it, but it uh, was the the, the speakers. This, the, the secondary thing, though, maybe a fourth uh, point to add is it really helps if the speaker has some sort of presence and knows how to talk to an audience, which right. this guy sadly did not. Um, yeah, like, like he would stop and he would pause for like five second pauses. And I was like, and then he would kind of swallow. On? It was like he had a really bad public speaking fear. And some people have nervous tics when they speak in front. Of, I taught public speaking, right? I know when I see people that have kind of public speaking anxiety, this person had severe public speaking anxiety, which leads me to believe to ask the question here, why did they give him this panel? Anyway, he was doing that thing where you go like that, you know, you make that noise, you go, Thanks. okay, so I was hoping today to talk to you about the, how to make a budget conversation. And this is how we're going to. Do. I mean, it was just like it was like watching paint dry. It was so boring and terrible. I feel we are really ripping this guy a new one. Uh, no, and, and but whatever. And you know what? He freaking deserves it. <laughs> if you're going to make a panel at PAX East, and I'm not even necessarily mad at the people. I mean, you know, they're just doing their thing. Some moron at PAX decided this was worthy of the the PAX name, and that is what's insulting to this, me. This is so, potentially the angriest I've seen you on an echo screen. Life. Yeah, I don't know. I, we, we got pretty angry during the Star Wars or, <laughs> episode one conversations. Uh, not episode, yeah, episode uh, the prequel conversation. Right. Yet. Anyway, so um, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it just it burns me up because it was so so terrible, and and the the, the hope that I have is that packs will begin to steer more toward the stuff that we used to see because we used to see a lot of really cool panels think about it i saw cliff blazinski talk about making gears of war and growing up as a as a gamer right i've seen jordan mechner talk about what it was like to rediscover his own game 20 years after the fact i have seen uh the makers of great games like um ken levine Talk about uh, uh, games that were upcoming and why certain decisions were made about using certain characters or what he's trying to do to engage the gamer. You know, we've seen great the Geek Nights talk about game mm. theory. And if you ever have a chance to see a Geek Nights panel, do it. They're always good. We've seen so many great panels that it's so awful that now they do so few of them, and that so few of and that 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 because they do so few of them, so many of them are such crap. Um, video gaming has not video gaming. Board gaming, tabletop gaming, gaming history, any of these things have not lost the, the topics that you can talk about. No one's covered everything. Why can't we have good panels? There's things to That's my about. question to Pat. So to expand the conversation a little bit, since we're already running late, to conventions in general. Yeah. Because we talked a lot more about panels than I expected to. But, yeah. but panels are the most important part for us. And to, for us. Talk about. Yeah. So, but there are so many panels nowadays like I, I, I th I'm thinking back to like ten years or so ago. I don't remember there being video game conventions like this. Yeah, or at least nearly as big. It was like everyone would talk about E3, which isn't even a convention. It's an expo. It's a trade show. Right. Um, it's got a very different feel to it than any other convention I've been to. But sorry, uh, I had to. It's in my mind now. But now, okay, just the ones that like you and I have been to. 
over the past few years, you have the Portland Retro Gaming Expo in Portland. Too many games in uh, Philadelphia. You've got Con Bravo up near Toronto. Uh, we've got MAGFest in, in the Washington, D.C. area. We got PAX East. You know, and that's RetroWare is starting a convention uh, in in Connecticut in uh, October. Uh, you know, there's just so much to choose from. Oh, Retropalooza, the Game Chasers started a con in in Texas. You know, this is this is this is a a a flowering of conventions right now. So if you want to go to one, you you have the power to be choosy. You know, absolutely, because most of us don't have the time nor the money to go to six seven eight cons a, a year that's right so do your research look and see what are the best ones and what make sure that your interests are uh being you know are, are being enveloped at these cons if you want to go to a pure gaming con uh things like the portland retro gaming expo are the best if you want yes. to go to a place that's really really into things like um uh uh, uh cosplay con yes. bravo is really great Yes. Uh, if you want the biggest video game con in all of North America, go to PAX East, you know. Um, and I think the, the other, yeah. that's the other thing about PAX East, too, is that it tries to be a lot of things at the same time. And I think that's the, that, that it, you can be so good at a lot of things that you're not really good at any of them. And I think yeah. PAX has, has kind of been watered down to that. So, you know, there's there's video games, there's board games, there's, you know, tabletop games, there's, you know kind of the the cultural things the the cosplays of the world blah 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 blah. there's even anime and those kinds of pieces and all those things kind of come together and you kind of go ah, this is just trying to do too much the, the net is too wide now it's too big and that's the real i think and, and again me being curmudgeonly uh you know shining through here there's just too many damn people at packs hmm. too I, many I am people I, i'm just too tired of two, of so many people being there. <laughs> so you're, you're if you were to go to another con, well we'll probably go to keep going to PAX because that's oh, our yeah. thing. But yeah. but if you if you're looking for a new con to go to, you're probably looking more at a uh a, a homier, more intimate type like focused yeah, or, con or, or something or something more focused like Gen Con, which is much more focused on a particular topic that's true. rather than trying to be 20 things to 20 different people and gen con's a, a large convention but it is focused on tabletop gaming of all sorts it's, it's what people are there to do you know what i mean the other thing is i, I think uh, you know there's there's something to be said and 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 when i when we first started going to pax about going there and just playing games you know oh if you want to go and you know play games here you can go play games there like I can play games anytime I want to play games. Like, you know what I really like to do is go hang out with people that like to play games too and talk about them. That's cool, right? Mm -hmm. So it's almost like there is, in me, it's, it's less about the thing itself and more about the stuff surrounding the thing that, that, make, that made packs so cool. And I, I don't know if I'm onto something there or if I'm just crazy, but it's, it's not, you know, the fact that uh, that all goes away with the retro stuff because the retro game, the retro console room is always one of our favorite spots. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if one existed this year, but we never went. So I didn't see it, but I didn't see one either. But usually they have, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. I mean, that was a surreal moment a few years ago when I loaded up. I just walked into the room. I <laughs> saw a Commodore. I loaded up a disc and all of a sudden I had a crowd of people over there like, oh, my God, the Commodore is playing the Commodore. And it was like, yeah, this this is what a gaming convention should be. Right. 
So that for that, the thing in and of itself is important. But for for me, the rest of it is so much more important. You know, you can buy merchandise. You can, you know, talk to people that like the same kinds of things. You can learn about stuff that you, you know, enjoy or you can learn about new stuff that's coming out. All that's really cool. Um, (laughs) I'm just not sure I buy any of the other stuff. Well, having said all that, PAX is still a great convention. It's still put together really well. I mean, compared to many other conventions, despite yeah. you know, despite the size, it's, it's kind of amazing. So, having said all this, I think a good note to end on is, if you have not gone to any convention, yeah, and you're interested, you know, the thing that that oh, I love one of the things I love so much about coming up to the Boston Convention Center, yeah, uh, for PAX East is that the big LED board outside. You know, it cycles through various messages. But one of them is PAX East, welcome home. And I think that and, and that that brings me back to that first PAX East where Will Wheaton had a really, really great keynote speech, uh, basically saying like, hey, we this is for all you nerds and geeks. Welcome. This is this is your. This, this is, is this is where you belong, you know, yeah. but, and, and people are great around to be with you know around you everyone's nice everyone's happy i mean more or less much happier than you find in normal (laughs) life generally well it's 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 easier when you're not you know everyone's got like some sort of common bond or they wouldn't be there right yeah but Um, but again you didn't have to you know you would you could move two feet in any direction and not bump into somebody's head you know now it's very difficult to do that but right but 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 so the point is is that yeah it if you've ever had an inkling to go to a con, do it. If you can't afford yeah. one of the PAXs or you're just too far, look, check the internet. Just do a Google search. I guarantee yep. you there is a con you are interested in somewhere nearby. That's it. That's it. There, you should, you there, owe it to yourself There absolutely to is. And Now's that's because there's so many regional things. I even found out in the area of some really crazy stuff that was coming to the area. I mean, like, you, you just never know. Until you look, so I would I would recommend it. It's an experience that everybody should go through if they're interested in this kind of stuff. But um, you know, at the end of the day, I I I don't know that going all the time is that much fun. I can understand why, like William Shatner and you know all the original Star Trek people are kind of leery of going to cons these days. You can get they've burnt- been to so many of them. You could yeah. get burnt out. Get so burnt watch out, out for that. Quick. I don't know if we're burned out yet, but we're we're, we're going to be back at PAX. Don't worry. All right, so uh, now we need to move to the question and answer portion of the program. Uh, and like I said, you're, we're only 25 minutes late, so it's no big deal. Uh, so we're actually doing well. Um, if you would like <laughs> to ask a question, if you've rejoined us uh, more recently than the beginning of the program, you'd like to ask a question. All you have to do, one of two ways, send me a PM private message in the chat, in the IRC chat, if you're following along with us there. Otherwise, you can tweet at me at it's the Commodore, all one word. I'll take the questions that I, I deem worthy of the program and we'll ask them and we will answer them potentially live on the program. It's, and so, uh, I, by the way, about uh, 20 minutes or so ago, I actually tweeted. I, 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 I lived up to my promise. I, I took a picture and tweeted uh, the list of 100 games you must play. Uh, and people are already commenting on it to me, uh, even if they're not yep. following us right now in the stream. So if you have any questions about that that you want to br- ask us, Please feel free. Ask away. Uh, before we get to that, though, uh, now time for my favorite part of the show that lies between, you know, sections two and three, and that is the uh, review iTunes review reading portion. Oh no! So, if you recall, uh, let's see, two weeks, two times, ago, two episodes ago, we read a three-star review, which gave us analysis paralysis. Uh, yep. 
It's a good name. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've kept it. Uh, last last week was a, a four star review, which was talking about how early episodes had uh, Commodore's mic levels off, and yes. we had talked about how that was fixed, and then yes. we effed up today. Um, but uh, let, let's 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 uh, hit a, a five star review here. Oh, a five star. That's good. So this is from uh, Stern Dog. And at who I believe we met at PAX East this year, actually. Ah, uh, yes. I yes, think yes, I recall yes. Stern Dog. <clears throat> I've been a fan of Echo Screen Live for several years now. I really appreciate the great back and forth between Rue and the Commodore. It's clear they're good friends, but it's clear they hold differing opinions about a number of topics. Usually musicals. Earthbound. And oh, Earthbound. okay. That too. See so many Firefly. Things. You ass. Uh, I also enjoy... That the topic du jour, that's the topic of the day, can run the gamut of all things geek. They're not locked into only video games. Definitely worth a listen. Thank nice. you, Stern Dog. If you would like to um, give us your own review on iTunes, we always appreciate that uh, in the iTunes store. And again, you can uh, download the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, or any Android podcasting app of your choice. I love it. The I end. love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. <laughs> that's, from a, that's a 40th anniversary Saturday Night Live joke. You know what? Also, before we move on, we yep. I knew there was something important that we w- did not talk about in the news and notes. Uh-oh. And that is what one Mr. Leonard Nimoy has unfortunately yeah. passed. That's that's true. Man, we, we, are, we are terrible people. I know. I that Things that happen right after our last episode easily get missed. By the time we get around two weeks it's later, so true. Right? I just got to like start writing them down. Now with my new Galaxy Note, I can just keep a little notepad. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Samsung Galaxy Note Four. Um, so you know, my initial reaction when I heard that was actually it was it's like being punched in the stomach. Like Leonard mm. Nimoy is one of those guys you just, I just expected him to live forever. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's because he lives forever in the movies, except that time he died. But you know how that ends. Um. You know, it, it was really it was really tough for me to accept. It's like, no, Leonard Nimoy can't die. That's that's impossible. And you don't care. So I'm oh, I thought, I thought I'm sorry. I thought you had more to say. Uh, no, I I had heard that he'd been sick recently, so it's it's not like it was a super big surprise. He was also eighty some years old, so mm-hmm. I think eighty three, yeah. and um, a constant smoker in his younger days. True, <clears throat> but. I, I I don't know if I was talking about this with you or someone else, but um, mm-hmm. I have a feeling of all the original Star Trek cast, this is the one that hit will hit people personally on a level on a personal level the most. Mm. You know, I, I you know Bill Shatner, well, you know James T. Kirk, he's he's the big guy, but I think more people, either original fans or later fans, really connected to the character and liked the character of Spock more. Um, his alienness. Man, I just disagree, but I, I understand. I, I think it's a valid point, uh, and you, I will. I respect your your uh, the, our disagreeing positions on this. But, he, but I mean, he was the kind of like the wise sage of Star Trek, and yeah, and, and his yeah. his his outsiderniceticity, uh, if you will, uh, in even the Star Trek universe, even amongst the crew, he was a half Vulcan, half human, having to keep his humans his his humans his emotions in check. His humans. You know, uh, really, I think a lot of geeks throughout the decades have really, you know, almost 50 years now. Next year will be Star Trek's 50th year. And people have connected to that for so long. 
Isn't that um, crazy? It's just crazy. It is. Yes, it is. And you know, and beyond that, I mean, Leonard Nimoy was an amazing person. He he pushed for equal pay uh, for uh, Nichelle Nichols in the original series, and also to bring on. Uh, uh, some of the other characters onto the animated series. He said he wouldn't do it unless they brought them back. And, wow. you know, he, he, was, he was just a very good person. You can tell why so many of the other casts really saw him as a friend, you know. We didn't know him personally, but so many of us feel like we did. So, you know, it's, it's a great it, it, that's loss. That's a rare thing to do when you have a celebrity that, uh, like you said, connects it with, on such a, a level with you that you feel like you know them personally even though you've never met them. Mm-hmm. Leonard Nemo is one of those people. So... Uh, he will be missed, and uh, we will we'll, we'll, we'll give you a, a live long and prosper, just just for you, Leonard. All right, and with okay. that, now we can get into questions. Cool, because there's a lot of them. I, I, I don't know how long you want to hang out here, uh, and I know we said we'd only do a 10-minute show, and we're about <laughs> 50 minutes longer than that. But anyway, well, so... you're the one uh, that has to uh, sleep with your Galaxy Note that's 4. That's true. I, I, I make it a tradition do. to sleep with my phones before I use them. Um, <laughs> wait, what? No, I don't know. I didn't. You could take that several ways. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna pretend it never happened. That's what I usually do. Uh, here we go, Markies. Good friend of the program, Markies. Hey guys, I finally did beat Earthbound and really enjoyed the world. Yeah, oh, good for you. Now <laughs> I will be playing Zelda Two, and I wanted to get your thoughts. And if either of you ever beat Zelda Two, I never beat Zelda Two. No. I. Never beat it without cheating. I'll put it that way. I got very far, but it's it's that's a very difficult game. Yeah. But thoughts in general on Zelda Two? I think it's a good game. It, it definitely deviates from the Zelda One formula. It, it, it's a you know it's kind of weird looking back. How many NES games, the first sequels were so different from the first? You know, um, in at least in America, Super Mario Brothers Two was radically different from Super Mario Brothers. Castlevania Two was different. Zelda Two was different. Uh, there, there are other I can't think of right now, but it's funny to think about. I think it's a good game. It's 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 very different. Mm-hmm. It was it was jarring the first time you played it, but um, and I I just I don't think it holds a candle to the original in many many ways. I prefer the original, yeah. Uh, but but I think it also does. It it took a lot of unnecessary flack because it wasn't the same as the first game and. You know, I think uh, Miyamoto did did something a little more innovative and, and kind of got kind of got his hand slapped for that, which is a terrible thing. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to take a shot at this. They're going to take a shower. Ava Ganthamos asks. Close enough. What what is your opinion on games like Dark Souls that are known for their difficulty? Does the knowledge that that a game is going to be very challenging discourage you from playing it? Man, I love that question. What a great question. Uh, who? Yeah. Chew that one on for size there, buddy. Honestly, I don't... Well... I mixed my metaphors there. I don't think I think about the the, the perceived or, or uh, the noted difficulty before I play a game. Usually I like to try it out. I, I guess sometimes in the case of, of, of games that are supposed to be ridiculously hard, it's it's almost a draw, you know? Like yeah. like uh, when I heard about I Want to Be the Guy, it's like, oh, it's this game where you, like, die 50,000 times every minute. Right. I'm like, okay, I got to try that, you know? Yeah. Then I get frustrated I, and quit, but, you know, at least I tried it. I think, 
I think once I don't necessarily judge a game by its difficulty preliminarily, which is exactly what you said. What I would say is I do get discouraged with a game and its difficulty if the curve isn't correct. You know, I didn't like I mentioned in the last right. program. I I literally loaded um, Crusader Kings two for <laughs> five minutes. And then killed it and uninstalled it from my computer. That's not necessarily the difficulty being a problem, though. That's the learning curve. I don't know. The difficulty is, from what I understand, is pretty ridiculous as well. So, uh, not, uh, not on it. Um, I, I think the curve has to be right. It, it, a game's difficulty should be something that it can teach you basic concepts and then ramp up those concepts so that by the time you get to more difficult concepts, you can decide whether I want to take that next level or not, you know. Anybody can run around and shoot a shoot a gun in Counter Strike. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of time to get really, really good, so that you finish first place, you know, in every match you play. I think that's a good balance. I agree with that. But you can't just run around, you know, Crusader Kings too. You're just going to be clicking random buttons and you don't even know what they do. For God's sakes. <laughs> um, don't be ridiculous. Don't be ridiculous. VG Music Prof. Cool. Music professor in video game music. I like that. Asks. Good YouTuber too. Um, if there were a panel about video game music, what would you like to see in it? Ooh. This is a great question. Yeah, because we went to a panel on video game music at PAX East several years ago. I've that, been to several. That OC Remix put out. I, I was, that was, that was well, one of the ones I was thinking about. That's yeah. the one I went to, and I wasn't yeah. terribly impressed. No. Um, you, well, you discussed this. You're, you're more of the musician... Or, or, or audiophile anyway, and you've been to more of these panels. So what do you think? The OC Remix one was, was, uh, was uh, to be clear, wasn't necessarily about video game music. It was more about 20 years of OC Remix or whatever. It's more it's about been. the website. Yeah, so, so I understood that. But they went through some of the cool things that have happened throughout the site in the last, you know, whatever, how long it's been, it's been, it's been there. Um, I think it was 10 years of OC Remix, not 20. Yeah, you're probably right. But, Maybe 15. Uh, just, anyway. Cool. Anyway, so... <laughs> the 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 one of the music panels I went to that was really good was a panel where they had the uh, the gentleman that did the music for Uncharted, and um, he actually uh, did a couple things. One was talk through some of the ideas that were going through his mind as he was composing the music, and then they actually allowed people to see what the what the sequence in the game would be like without the music at all, right? And then kind of listen to the music and then see how the music kind of really enhances what's going on. So you got a, you got a chance to see what the process of video games and music really looks like. That's fascinating to me. That was a great panel. But, um, you know, here's what I wouldn't want it to be. We just talked about this where we just all talk about our favorite video games and how great the music was. And we all cheer and yell and then we move on. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I'll tell you what, though, that. this month. Uh, the same thing that you you and I saw. Uh, what was it? Was it Video Games Live? No. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was Video Games Live. It was Video Games Live. Jeez, uh, back in like 2009. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be here locally pretty soon. And and I just saw that and I just went, yeah, that's that's where you go and you celebrate video game music. You don't do that at a on a panel. So I think a panel is more about again the process of music and or maybe what makes great video game music. Um, a discussion on that or or even listening to some samples but not necessarily just going through and saying oh god chrono trigger has the best music ever no it doesn't the best music ever is You're you know poop. mega man 2 you know i don't know go suck that, an that, egg 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> what? That doesn't that doesn't really get me going. Uh, we've got a couple of questions, and I'll just uh, throw out one of them here from Maki. Uh, about whether we'll be attending things like the Portland Retro Gaming Expo, um, whether we'll be at MAGFest this year, or even uh, Con Bravo. Why don't you uh, talk about that a little bit? Uh, well, I think you're done for the year. Yeah. Correct. I'm Although I'm yeah. trying to get Commodore to come out to stuff. I'm tapped out. He's tapped out. He's got like a, a mortgage and a baby and yeah. and all these adult things. So he's All a, those things are true. He's a loser. Um, tentatively on my schedule for the rest of the year includes things like, uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo, uh, Too Many Games, Com Bravo, um, uh, the Camp Fan Gamer, which is the Earthbound Convention in Tucson, Arizona, um, which I know Commodore's devastated he can't go to. Uh, maybe a few others. We'll see, but, um, yeah. but all that's tentative. We'll see. Uh, actually probably the least tentative of those is the camp fan gamer and, uh, too many games. So luckily those yeah. are coming up the soonest. So, oh, and combo. Like so that's good. All right. Um, me one, two, three DS asks, I just got a Nexus five. I always thought it was Mahi. I said like Mahi, Mahi one, two, three DS. Uh, I just got a Nexus 5. I upgraded from a BlackBerry Bold 9650. How did you stay on that so long? What are Canadian. some apps you can recommend and love for a Nexus 5? Man, that's a good one. What are you trying to do? Play games? Uh, just useful stuff? Um, you oh, know, so this is like recommend some Android apps, basically. Yeah, rec recommend some really good Android apps. Hmm. Um, I use uh, Reddit as fun if you're a Redditor. I do too. Um, let's see, uh, all the, I'm trying to skip all the standard apps that everybody goes and gets. Um, I use Evernote. Evernote's really great. Uh, I tried using, and I tried using Evernote, but uh, I don't know. I didn't get it. Um, uh, you could use pocket casts to download the echo screen live podcast and listen to it on the go. I like that. Um, it's good. Do, 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 uh, Google now. Is probably the oh, best thing ever, um, especially if you have a Nexus Five. Just sign your get life the, away to Google. It's fine. Get, get the Google Now launcher, um, so that you don't even have to launch Google Now. Just get the Google Now launcher, load it. That way, every time you swipe left from the home screen, you're on Google Now. Um, you can even turn it on so that anytime you say "Okay, Google," it, it jumps up. Um, it's it's awesome. I've learned about so many new things. It just starts to look at the stuff you're searching for in your phone, <laughs> and then gives you content related to that news any kind of thing it's 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 really really very good google now is is i think google's killer app in many ways oh yeah it's um, it's it's the feature yeah all right i won't want to spend any more time on that if everybody wants to talk about games on android we can do that too but that may be a, another good thing to talk about some other time hey grubba asks seen any good films lately no well you haven't seen guardians of the galaxy actually I, I saw a good movie recently, which is which is the the uh, the movie Gone Girl. It's actually really good. That was a good movie. I actually also yeah. saw that recently. Yeah, pretty good. pretty good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Um, man, what else did I see? Uh, da, 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 da. There's movies I want to see. Uh, one movie we were talking about before the podcast is Johnny Dangerously. Oh, Johnny Dangerous. But you said you haven't seen that. I haven't seen that. You no. just you just know the Weird Al song with it. I know I know all Weird Al music basically. Oh. Last. You jerk. It's on Netflix. You should go watch it. 
You should go watch it tomorrow as you're playing with your phone. It's Ooh. it's Joe Piscopo and and Michael Keaton in a an eighties mafia spoof. It's just crazy. It's delicious. Um <laughs> No, it's it's not. I, I you know, I and I, I, I probably should have seen more. Yeah, I, I didn't get to see the Hobbit, which I wanted to see in the theater. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled with, with watching the Hobbit. Um there's a lot of movies I wanted to see. I, did, I never saw American Sniper. I never saw... You know what movie I did see that was very, very good is... Um, uh, uh, my gosh, why can't I think of the name of this movie? It's the uh, Paul uh, W.S. Anderson... Oh, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop? No. Grand, Bud- uh, Grand Budapest Hotel? The Grand Budapest Hotel. Fantastic film. Oh, You, you did, must watch it. You did watch that. I did watch. Are you a fan fantastic. of Wes Anderson uh, movies? Did I say Paul W. S. Anderson? You you did. I'm so sorry. I know what I you're talking so, about. I am so 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 sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I, I deserve to be crucified for that. I'm sorry. Anyway, Wes Anderson. Oh god. Um, yeah, I, I, you know I'm okay with it. I I, I never I liked uh, Life Aquatic. I never saw Royal Tenenbaums. That's really the only one I've seen, and uh, the quirkiness was getting to me by the end. Life Aquatic is very quirky. It's more quirky, I would say, than 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 uh, Grand Budapest by a long shot. Okay. Grand Budapest is not nearly as quirky. It's just funny. It's a funny. Everybody in it is funny. You know, F. Uh, Murray Abraham uh, is funny. Uh, you know, I love F. Murray Abraham. He is freaking awesome, isn't he? A treasure. <laughs> Why isn't he in more movies? He's a national treasure. Yeah, he is. Why isn't he in more movies? Well, to it's, me, it's, it's disgusting. He he was amazing in Amadeus. Anyway, oh my god, he's the best the best part of the movie. Um, crap. So yeah, so that yes. is great. Okay, All so right. I do want to see that. I want to see Birdman. The two movies I want to see most coming up are the new uh, Avengers movie, of course, and also the last yes. five years. So because Anna Kendrick is my jam. You're crazy. I just don't understand the Anna Kendrick love. I can't help it. You do not see beauty when it's in front of your face. Yeah, well, I, 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 you know, the truth hurts. Question for the podcast from Travis: Do you think Microsoft will ever release a wireless dongle for the Xbox One controller on PC? Answer: Probably, but it'll be way too late for you to enjoy it. It'll be way well outside the life cycle. You know why? <laughs> That's the correct because, answer. Because Microsoft doesn't want you to enjoy your PC; they want you to enjoy your Xbox. Next question. <laughs> um. I think I covered that one pretty well. Yeah, I think you did. Okay. And accurately. So, yeah. Um, here we go. Uh, Rosalon asks, um, I asked in an earlier podcast the idea of Nintendo merging their two console lines. Are your thoughts still the same on that? I would say yes. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be, you know, you and I were having a conversation at PAX about... Uh, the the new DS, which I think is actually the 3DS. quite good. We both is got it? to play the 3DS for the first time. Yeah, it was great. I'm very Wonderful. impressed with it. I mean, I, it's not enough to make me upgrade from my 3DS XL. Yeah, but the 3D is much improved. It tracks your face. It's great. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. The technology is really really neat. And I and and partially for that reason, I don't think there's any way Nintendo nukes their handheld uh, and just you know merges the Wii U into, uh, you know, one convergent, converged, uh, you know, platform, as it, as it were. The Wii blob. 
the Wii DS. Yeah. That's awful. Um, <laughs> here's a good question. Um, and I, I'm going to butcher this person's name every single time it happens. <laughs> Anuvong asks, if either of you had a chance to collaborate on a video with any other YouTube personality, who would you guys choose? We talked about this a little last time. I would like this to be hmm. the Red Letter Media guys. I That'd just think those guys are cool. As, as, I mean, I would just love to sit down with them and watch a movie and be in one of their shows. I want to be in the room when Rich Evan laughs one time. <laughs> okay, is that possible? Can I just I want to happen? be like friends with them. Um, yeah, yeah, me too. I might go with. I think it'd be fun to do beer and board games. Oh my god, that would be awesome. Just because we're dorks with board games. Anyway. And we're not great improvisational actors. Yeah, so we'd probably suck. But So we'd probably never, ever get on the show. But guys, if, if you know anybody, or, or you know, you can pass this along to anybody we'll, at Beer and Board Games. We'll totally fly to Milwaukee. It's okay. We're, we're dying to be on a Beer and Board Games program. <laughs> we're dying for it. Okay, so uh, let's see. Let's jump into another question here. Um, That's not a question. Morgan asks, what do you believe is the best handheld for RPGs? Oh, that's easy. Man. Nintendo DS. Okay. Done. Well. No, don't whale well me. Well. Don't whale well me. It's it's well. it's the Nintendo DS. You got okay, what do you got? What do you got? You got Final Fantasy IV remade. Hey uh, got any gum? <laughs> <laughs> You've got Dragon Quest four, five, and six in excellent remakes. You've got Chrono Trigger with bonus material. And that's just the really well-known ones. I mean, yeah. crap. Name more. People in the chat, so, name more. Those I are just the ones like, on top of my head. I can name like 100 right now. Dragon Quest or... Nine. Okay, fair. That's a good one. That's, that's a really good I don't, I don't know if I can touch that one. There are great free-to-play RPGs on Android don't and give me iOS this. right don't, now. Don't give me that. They're actually really good. Nope. I mean, I mentioned one of them on the program. I play it a lot. It's called Honorbound. It's made by Juicebox Games, two guys that quit Zynga after they saw that it was a sinking ship. Um, it is incredibly good. You don't need to spend a dollar to advance. Um, and it's it's a good old-fashioned RPG. Uh, a little less JRPG, but it's RPG. And uh, it's, it's, it's just a lot of fun, especially if you're somebody that needs to be on the go. There's also a ton of Metroidvania games on DS. I will say there are some people that are saying the PSP is also excellent for RPGs. And although I don't own one, I understand there are a lot of great RPGs on it, so really you can't go yeah. like that whole generation was just portable RPGs were amazing, really. So yeah, no, that's true, very true. Um, Anton asks, "What makes a great licensed game, i.e., Batman, Ducktales, Goldeneye, Back to the Future?" Hmm. Hmm. Okay, a couple things. First off, the gameplay obviously needs to be good. It needs to be you know needs to be needs to be solid. You can't have a crappy gameplay and, and expect to get away with it. Yeah. Secondly, it needs to use the license effectively. If people are playing a licensed game, they want to see stuff from that property. And they, they want to recognize that stuff. Exactly. From said property. They don't. Yes. They don't want to play uh, Ducktales and and Scrooge never sees Huey, Dewey, or Louie or Launchpad. Or and and he's collecting gumdrops instead of money. That's right. stupid. You That's know. Stupid. Uh, the Ghostbusters game that came out like five or six years ago was excellent uh, in terms of a licensed property because it had uh, Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd wrote it. 
and and all the people came back and voiced it and you got to wander around the firehouse it was fun the back to the future telltale game gameplay wise it was okay It, it was it was an okay adventure game for me it elevated it because the presentation and attention to detail from the back to the future universe was ex excellent you know and that elevated it for me. So hey, you know, I speaking of, uh, you just mentioned Ghostbusters. Something else came to my head. Did you know the new Ghostbusters movie is being directed by my co-star from Heavyweights? The woman, the nurse, Nurse Jackie. Oh. No, the uh, camp counselor, the skinny Ad- camp counselor, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. Uh, Paul Blart, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Yeah. Um, so what I think makes you, you touched on a lot of great points. The, the, the first one is the one I'll say is, is, is the best, which is this. It has to be a good game. <laughs> good games have before, to be good before it's anything else, right? It's got to be a good solid premise in and of itself before the license is even necessarily uh, applied. And then once you, like you said, you gotta be, it has to be recognizable past that. If you don't, if you just drop the license, it's, it's no good. Um, you know, uh, that's one way in which Batman for NES is it's it's a good game, but is it a great license game? I'm not so sure. Hmm. Um, that that's an uh, that's an an, uh, an example where the gameplay elevates it more than the actual license. I agree. That, that's a great game. Yeah, um, but Goldeneye is a great example of someone deeply studying the source material and using the source <laughs> material into something that is absolutely part and parcel of the experience in the game itself. GoldenEye is a great game in and of itself, but it's it's 100% James Bond. It it inspired me in many ways to go back and watch all the James Bond movies, which I did Actually, after that, playing GoldenEye. And that, that is true. The attention to detail uh, from movie to game there was excellent. Oh, spectacular. Um, by the way, speaking of DuckTales, did you know that they are, that Disney is bringing back DuckTales? No, I did not know that. Uh, is I, it also being directed by my co-star from Heavyweights? Yeah, everything's being directed by your co-star from Heavyweights now. Ah, but, fantastic. He's a good dude. <laughs> yeah, He's a good guy. Good guy. Uh, I think it's going to be a couple years before it's out. But huh. uh, uh, with uh, Disney's track record with animated TV and movies, could be good. But here's a question for you. If you could bring back any Disney cartoon, what would it be? Darkwing Duck. Good one. Yep. Solid, solid choice. Not mine, however. Mine would be the gummy bears <laughs> dancing even there and everywhere. It's bouncing. They're not dancing. They're bouncing. I'm sorry. Sorry. I just, ah. I, this is what happens when I get tired. Uh, by uh, the way, also, people, in the, I can't believe I forgot, South Park, the stick of truth, could possibly be the best use of a license ever. You actually feel like you're playing South Park. Um, good friend of the program, Psychopather, asked a joking question. Have you and your cohort, Mr. Rue, properly planned your financials for the remainder of the fiscal year? <laughs> I would, but I have no idea how to do it, and no one's told me. And no one's told me. Uh, <laughs> Psychopather actually was with us at said horrible, terrible panel. So <laughs> That guy's going to find him. you and kill you. I know. Like, fine. Fine. <laughs> oh, I'm going to do that. I, I, I'm worth more dead than alive, so let's go. Wait, do you have the uh, life insurance policy out yet? Oh, I, I, need, I do need to sign that over. You got to do that question. first. Yeah, I got to do that at this point. That's a great point. So don't kill me in like a week. Maybe after that I can. You know. 
All right. Uh, let's see. Let's do a little. Let's do a little lightning round. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Lightning round. What are your favorite Monty Python sketches? Asks Alatar. Not a big fan of Monty Python. I love Monty Python. I would say. Um, Oh, this lightning round sucks. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, well, you you don't like Monty Python, so you don't have one already in your mind. Uh, the um, the wafer thin. That's the first, I mean, that's one of the ones that comes to my Brian. mind. Yeah, yeah, that was good. I uh, the the dead parrot. This this your parrot has <laughs> ceased to exist. It's pretty good. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. One. Um, anyway, I, I mean, they're not bad. I, I just am not a big fan, so I, I can't I can't rattle off a lot of those sketches. I mean, of course, Holy Grail is brilliant. Still haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Captain Carnage asks, do you believe Sony will drop support for the Vita in the next few years? Yes. yes. Uh, Dr. Ruhu asks, um, what panel uh, would uh, would you... Wait, wait. What panel would you do... Wait a minute. This question is not written correctly. Hold on. <laughs> Quick um, format in your head. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to reformat this question because it's long. Um, let's see. Here we go. Do you think? Do you think there will be a point in time where everything that we that we will wear have will will have some kind of smart tech like built into it? Oh, not everything. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not everything. Yeah, I, okay, I, I don't think so. I don't think it'll be built into the clothing necessarily. Where, but we will probably. I. I Probably give us like fifty hundred years, and we probably will be ubiquitous to have something like that. Though, mm-hmm. I went, I read mm-hmm. a fascinating article on Wired yesterday about this new technology that Disney World has instituted. It's a bracelet that you can wear that basically like makes everything. It's like it's like Google at work here at Disney. It makes your life easier in the park. It makes things more enjoyable. You can go faster. You can get. Through the park, you can go exactly where you want. You can check into you know the gates by just putting mm-hmm. your. You don't have to go to it through a turnstile. You can get fast passes. You can order your dinner previously, and yes. then you'll walk as you walk into the um, uh, into the restaurant. There are you know radio freak you know radio uh, transmitters that know where you are and who you are and what you want. So you walk in, and they're like, ah, Mister Blah Blah Blah. Please come sit down. You sit wherever you want. You sit wherever you want, and suddenly your your meal is there, like a yeah. minute later, because they started cooking it as you were approaching the restaurant. Yeah, isn't that awesome? I mean, it's it's scary, but in a place like Disney World, you don't even care because it just makes you happy. And I will get to try this out in October, so I'll let you know how it is. You going to Disney World? Oh, that's right, you going to Disney World. I'm going to Disney World. I forgot about DTX that. 180 asks, which Civ game is your favorite, and which wonder of the world from any Civ did you like the best? Hmm. Uh, Civ Five with the expansions has gotten really good, but Civ Four is still my favorite. I still would prefer to play the original Civilization over anything else. I absolutely love that game, and playing it on the Super Nintendo is kind of special to me because you know it's all kind of self-contained. You and I played it on the on the Super Nintendo oh. for hours and hours and hours. Um, God, I it, love that game. Somehow made it a multiplayer game. Somehow we've managed to do that. But By anyway, having a multi-camera legislature that had to approve all decisions. Yeah. yeah. Man, we're dorks. I know. We are total dorks. Um, um, in terms of Wonder of the World, my favorite one of the world. I don't know. Um, I'd always build the uh, Statue of Liberty or women's. It was that or women's suffrage that basically allowed you to go to war as a democracy. 
mm. uh, which was crucial. Kind of interesting, yeah. Also, the United Nations was good because it really opened up the diplomatic possibilities uh, for votes. I always thought that was neat. Yeah. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, the uh, most of the uh, Civ Four like quotes and 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 such for each wonder of the world were read by Leonard Nimoy. Yep. Ah, see, look at that. Comes full circle. I, I, I like that a lot. I always wondered about the hanging gardens because I never really knew how that was possible. Um, of course, now I've learned a lot more about it, and it's actually a really cool concept. Yeah. But, they they uh, don't just hang in space. Right. Now it was just like, oh, the hanging gardens of Batman. That's cool. <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, a good friend of the program, Pond Life, asks, in thinking of Leonard Nimoy's passing, which death of someone you know but have never met, clearly like a you know, celebrity, for example, do you think would impact you the most? Mm. That is a great question. That is. Um, ooh. Bob Saget. I'm, I'm not. Serious. I don't know if I believe you. Um, well, it's hard to tell unless you're actually in that position, really. Uh I will say things like Robin Williams passing, which was sudden. Yeah, that was great. Uh, and, and the way it happened was just very. It was shocking. Right, shocking. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Um, hmm. I have some uh, favorite musicians. Like, like the day Billy Joel dies is going to be a very sad day for me and my family. Not because necessarily Billy Joel is, is my favorite musician of all time, but because I grew up with him. And, you know, thinking of him being gone would just be terrible. Um, then I'll just sing his little lullaby to his daughter in my own head hmm. and I'll feel better. That's an awesome, uh, awesome song. Yeah. You should uh, learn that. Yeah, you should. It's great for uh, singing to a daughter. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't have one of those. Nope. Uh, I, I don't know number one, uh, but uh, there are people in the chat that bring up. So there are some. Uh, Video gaming as a hobby is fairly new. Yeah. Therefore, a lot of its luminaries are still around. And actually, yeah. Ralph Baer, who invented the home video game console, only right. recently died. Right. So, and, and that, that actually was really sad to me, too. Um, right. Because I, I feel he didn't get the uh, notoriety he necessarily deserved. But, um, you know, when people like Shigeru Miyamoto or Will Wright or... Or or Sid Meier die, you know that's gonna that's that's gonna be really new and difficult for the hobby to uh, deal with. I think. I, I think you're right, and I think, um, but I, I I believe in, you know, more people stepping up and mm, oh, of course, the next luminaries and you know figuring out what they what they do. So mm. I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Um. Okay, you ready? We'll do one more. To end on. To end on. Soft Tofu asks, what is your favorite episode of SpongeBob SquarePants? Ha, ha, ha. The one where he says, ha, ha, look at my underwear. Oh, wait, that's every, no episode that's every episode. Uh, my favorite episode of SpongeBob is probably the episode where they learn karate. Because as you start to watch the episode, you start to realize that karate is a euphemism for relations. And so they're actually teaching kids a lesson. In relations? In relations. 
and about how you shouldn't just have relations with anybody and that there's an appropriate time and place. And uh, that it's not something to be wasted wantonly or sillily. I don't um, watch SpongeBob because I am not a five-year-old. I watch I, hey, Pokemon me, me. instead. Thank you. Yeah, I watch the Pokemans. <laughs> I watch Samurai Pizza Cats. That's a good um, show. You shut your face. Not a good show. That is a clever. Especially not a good show in relation to SpongeBob. That, it's a much better show. It's a clever adult satire. Actually, the, the one where SpongeBob teaches the training course for new uh, employees of the Krusty Krab is probably my favorite. I have that on DVD. That's a fantastic one. Okay, I changed my, my, my answer. That's my new answer. Um, with, uh, with ending on, on the SpongeBob side of things, oh, we hope you've enjoyed our little conversation around uh, PAX East and you know, other conventions that we've gone to. Um, and we hope you, uh, you know, maybe were inspired to go to one. Or if you've never been to one before, or if you have been to those before, maybe to uh, be a little bit better of, a, of a, a skeptic or a cynic when it comes to what is being presented to you and not just sucking it up like a mindless head crab from Half-Life. Yeah, sure. That. I, I'll, go, uh, I'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. What, 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 how am I supposed to summarize this? It's a, it's a weird concept. <laughs> okay. Don't um, go to crappy panels, too. There you go. Don't go to crappy panels, kids. That is the that's the greatest piece of advice we can give you. Know, and don't go to crappy panels. All right. So uh, you know where to find us? PlanetOfTheGreatWolf.com. You can find me at It's the Commodore. You can find Rue at... Rue underscore C-O-T-G-W. Yeah. Where I posted the, 100, the list of 100 games you should play that I didn't come up with, but there's some interesting ones on there. Let us know if you have thoughts, feelings, desires for the show. Feelings check. Seen. Feelings check. I feel ugly. <laughs> All right. Um, so let us know what you think. If you have a, uh, a particular topic you'd like to see us talk about, we will absolutely do that. Just let us know. Can't fix what we don't know, folks. Come on. Stop being so silly. Um, and then we should also let you know that I take it for granted. Now, I never ask you when the next show is going to be on because we are now a bi-weekly podcast. It's magical. It's it's magical. So we'll be back on March 25th in two weeks, 9 p.m. Eastern. You best mark your calendars, folks. Every two weeks, Wednesday night, 9 p.m., tell your friends. That's where we are. Okay. So with that in mind, I think I will leave you all to your sad, pathetic, empty lives. I'll never be able to do it again the way I did it the first time. Uh, what did I'll you never, say that? I can't even remember I what said, you said. I said, I'll, I'll leave you to the yeah. empty void that is your lives. I hope you all know that I don't really mean that. I just, I just mean without us. Uh, yeah, um, sure. Thank you. My life's kind of sad and pathetic sometimes. I, I, anyway, all right. Wait, so, so good. Good to. That's uh, the next good show. To, yeah, the, the next show we'll talk about how sad and pathetic our own lives are. Um, until then, check us out. And uh, may, maybe Joey will make a video at some point. We'll. we'll uh, oh, yeah. I got to get on that. You ever make a video again? Maybe some other people. I'm not promising a, a video by a certain date because I've learned to stop doing that. But I will say. The one-year anniversary of the last uh, 16-bit gems will be on uh, April 1st, and I cannot let a year go. There it is. Without that, another that, video, because that'd be sad. Thank you. thank you, Adam. Now back to the silent abyss that is your lives. That's what I said. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening. Thank you for uh, being a part of this Echo Screen Live. Which, again, went like an hour and 40 minutes. Right. For Rue, <laughs> I am the Commodore. 
And there is no reset button. Don't go to crappy panels. Mall cop.